Hey everybody, it's Ryan Leaf and you're listening to the LA Chargers podcast here on Believe, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every LA team. Well, here we are. The most ironic thing you probably can think of is that Ryan Leaf's hosting a podcast on the Chargers, but yet here we are. And in a city where they are considered completely secondary, I wouldn't even say secondary, probably an afterthought. I've told people many times that when I was playing in San Diego, especially down in in the downtimes, it felt like we were playing 16 road games a year just in the sense that when we play Chicago or Green Bay there would be more cheeseheads or or Bears fans in the stands I mean we weren't playing well at one point we were one in 15 in my in my third year there but it was difficult and I live in Los Angeles now ironic enough that the San Diego Chargers would leave and become the LA Chargers and play in a major league soccer stadium which is really a quarter of the size of most large NFL stadiums and it's been difficult to grasp an audience everybody is really behind the LA Rams of course the Rams were here before and I think Eric Dickerson has done a tremendous job of kind of reconciling the city back with the Rams and the fan base is really all about the Rams now the the Chargers aren't going anywhere right they signed a 20-year lease with uh, with the new stadium being built in Los Angeles. I know there's been discussion of that for the last couple weeks, but uh, they're not going anywhere. And this is exactly why Dean Spanos and the Spanos family wanted to make the move to LA. If the city wasn't going to build him a new stadium in San Diego, then he was going to get the luxury of the new stadium here in LA, even if he had to share it with somebody else. And that's what's going to happen. The problem is, is the Chargers play in this little stadium outside uh, Carson, California. And more importantly, when the games are being played, I had the opportunity to go see one a year ago in year one here against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I could not believe the amount of green and white for Eagles fans in the stadium. And we saw it in week one against Kansas City. And we really saw a lot of Raiders fans when Oakland came to town in week five. So I think it's pretty fitting where a team that's not wanted, probably uh, a podcast that people don't necessarily want to hear from in the terms of me speaking, uh, are, are, are put together. But I'm looking forward to it because, you know, the Chargers gave me everything uh, I'd ever wanted. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to play professional football. And the Chargers essentially made my dream come true. Now, how I rewarded them was in poor play and more boorish behavior, yet um, it's still... Uh, a really important thing for me. And, I, and I've and i gotten into the broadcasting world. I work mostly in the college football realm where I talk about the Pac-12 as well as the national landscape when it comes to college football. But uh, I've recently started doing a Mad Dog Sports radio show every Saturday night where we preview the NFL. And I knew I was about to kind of embark on this endeavor and I wanted to be up to speed with what the Chargers were doing. I'm interested because I think they are very capable of being uh, the AFC's representative uh, in the Super Bowl when this is all said and done. And they were my pick before the season started. So since we're starting pretty much mid-season, I thought we'd kind of recap a little bit of what's gone on 
over the first seven weeks of the season. The Chargers are currently in their bye after exchanging a home game for the game in London versus the Tennessee Titans. And the Chargers opened the season under Anthony Lynn this year with the Kansas City Chiefs. We didn't quite not know what we were going to get from the Chiefs. They moved on from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes, a guy they moved up into the draft to number 10 to draft him, allowed him to sit on the bench most of the year, play in the final week of the last season, and I think that was enough for Andy Reid to see that he found his guy. And they jettisoned Alex Smith to the Washington Football Club um, right around Super Bowl time and anointed Patrick Mahomes as the new starting quarterback in essentially the the what Andy Reid has always been looking for in Kevin Cobb during his times with Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia. And sure enough, right out the gate, Patrick has looked the part, right? And they came in and, and I wouldn't say manhandled the Chargers, but they, they played them really, really tough. And if it weren't for a few drop passes, in particular some in the end zone, the Chargers may have may have found a way to, to figure that one out, but they couldn't, and the Chiefs would win by 10 points, 38 to 28. Fan base, of course, was, was really Kansas City-driven, and the next week uh, L.A. moved on to travel across the country and play the Buffalo Bills, a team that hadn't decided on a quarterback yet. Uh, they had drafted Josh Allen in the offseason, and uh, we're going to roll with uh, with Nathan Peterman. And uh, the Chargers just dominated that football game, winning 31-20. to The Chargers would come back home and play what was considered a road game, but would stay home and face the undefeated Los Angeles Rams in Week 3 and play in the Coliseum. The Rams, like they do week in, week out, scored 30-some points, 35 uh, and held the Chargers to 23. It was a pretty pretty sound beating, though the way you would watch Phillip Rivers, you wouldn't think that uh, it was a loss. He found something in everything he does, in every game, and this was one he learned from as well. Uh, in week four, they'd bounce back and travel up to San Francisco and battle the 49ers and Jimmy Garofalo. And this would be the game that, that Garofalo would, uh, would try to pick up a couple extra yards, and take on a defender and blow out his ACL, which would end his year with the 49ers. As for the Chargers, they found a way to beat that 49ers team and get themselves on what we would consider now a pretty solid winning streak after the loss against the Rams. They would win 29-27 and come back home and face their divisional nemesis or at least rivalry uh, in the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders came to town had been struggling mightily under John Gruden. Uh, We're seeing more and more now that he is simply going to try to put his own team together. They traded away their best defensive lineman and pass rusher before the season started. And just this week, they chose to uh, trade what was probably their best wide receiver in Amari Cooper uh, for a solid first-round draft pick. But again, He's pushing his players away, and most of them probably won't be around because he's going to put his team together uh, since he is going to be there for the 10-year contract. That game was over pretty quickly. The Chargers found a way to win 26-10 to behind the solid play again of Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. In Week 6, the Chargers would go on the road to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland had been upbeat with the uh, presence of 
of Baker Mayfield. The rookie quarterback got the start uh, against the uh, New York Jets on a Thursday night game a, a few weeks previous and had done pretty well. Had gone on to Oakland and lose a game, but he seems to be the part. He is uh, going to deal with some rookie problems, but he didn't seem to present any of those problems uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. They showed up in Cleveland and for the first time all year really kind of strung four quarters together. Phillip Rivers looked great uh, per usual and the Chargers would end up winning 38-14. to That sent them uh, on a three-day journey in Cleveland and then a trip across the pond to London, England to battle the Tennessee Titans led by Marcus Mariota and that defense uh, newly coached by Mike Vrabel. Uh, the Chargers, I feel like, dominated the game for the most part, but at the end, it, it came down to stopping a two-point conversion. Uh, the defense stood up, made a big play. The Chargers were without Melvin Gordon. Uh, Phillip Rivers, again, was masterful, very accurate, again over 300 yards, leads the league in touchdowns a game. He's the only quarterback in the league this year to throw for multiple touchdowns in all seven weeks. And they were able to they were able to leave that game um, with a victory of twenty to nineteen. That allowed them to go into their bye week with a lot of confidence, winning four in a row, and now being able to prepare for a November fourth matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. The two guys this year that have, have been, I think, the main difference and and the reason why they continue to be the team that they are, of course, is is the two main guys on offense, right? Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. Um, we know that every every single NFL player suits up for, for one single goal, and that's to win the Super Bowl. Still, that doesn't stop us pundits and uh, probably fans alike from discussing who they believe deserves to take home the hardware when the season's over. There's a reason why they, why they broadcast the NFL honors the night before the Super Bowl. Uh, the most prestigious of the awards, of course, is probably the most valuable player. And as we enter into week eight after the bye, I think there are two Chargers that probably belong in the discussion, and that's Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. Phillip Rivers has, has completed almost 70% of his attempts this year and uh, continues with uh, 17 touchdowns with only three interceptions. It's a great passer rating. Um, what I really like is his average per attempt, and I always judge quarterbacks on this. Their ability to, uh, when you say, every time we attempt a pass, we are almost getting a first down. It was the best one I could relate to when I played in college. Uh, I think I averaged near 9.8 yards per attempt. That means every time we called a pass play, uh, it was for a first down most likely. Rivers is averaging right around 9 yards of uh, an attempt, which is, which is tied for second in the league with Patrick Mahomes uh, with any quarterback within 100 passes. So I would consider Phillip Rivers a future Hall of Famer. He's the lone quarterback in the league uh, since the retirement of Tony Romo that I believe – is that that is a Hall of Famer that doesn't have a Super Bowl title, and I really do believe that this year is an opportunity for that. Their two losses this year come come against the two best teams in the NFL. I do believe the New England Patriots are going to have a say in this, as they always do. But Kansas City is the team that that beat them in Week One, and of course in Week Three, the Rams held their court at home and and, and beat them as well. The Rams are undefeated and likely could have an opportunity to go to undefeated the rest of the year, where the Chiefs have been dominant. Uh, week in, week out, and the matchup later in the year when the Chargers traveled to Arrowhead should be should be a doozy. Uh, the future Hall of Famer is second in 
passer rating, third in the league in touchdowns, sixth in percentage of completions that go for first downs, and of course fourth in completions of at least 20-plus yards. Equally impressive um, is what Rivers has done while pressured. He has been unbelievable when they bring the blitz, and that's that's the telltale sign of a guy who is well-prepared. I read a story a few years or a year ago after the transition and the vehicle he had built. He says he gets more time in the film room on the commute now from San Diego up to Irvine to do more prep leading into the, each and every week, which I think is rather impressive, and I think we've seen it. Last year, this year, he, he's really, really good when he's been flushed out of the pocket and even better when they're blitzing, um, putting his receivers one-on-one. He is the top quarterback under pressure by a good amount, posting 121 rating, while Fitzpatrick is the next closest at 98. So meanwhile, Gordon's campaign is a little more under the radar, but every bit is worthy as he's emerged as one of the game's topped all-around running backs. The fourth-year pro has toted the rock almost 91 times for 470 yards, averaging around five yards a carry and six rushing touchdowns. He was out last week against Tennessee. Uh, this is going to be a huge opportunity for him to heal. He had a week off, the long week, the long travel, as well as this bye week uh, before they head up to Seattle a week from now. In addition, Gordon has caught 30 passes for 279 yards and three receiving touchdowns. He is kind of the epitome. Uh, the the idea of having both Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon here in Los Angeles, I think, is uh, is pretty telling. Both organizations realize they need a running back who can not only run the football, but catch that football out of the backfield and, and be successful. It really helps with the quarterbacks, both with Jared Goff and, of course, Phillip Rivers. Well, that's it, everybody. That is the end of my first Chargers podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll get into more. It was a little nice to uh, be able to recap the early part of the season. Hopefully, we'll be able to put out one or two of these a week during the football season, especially when it gets down to the nitty-gritty here late in the year and the Chargers are vying for a playoff position. Hopefully, the LA fan base will, will follow suit and see they have a winner here and can get behind one. But the Chargers have to do that. They have to win. Uh, you're listening to Ryan Leaf on the Chargers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the only L.A. podcast network with every local L.A. team. We believe in our L.A. teams. <laughs>